0: Hello! Welcome back to another episode of my Inside Voice podcast. Fuck, today was a late start. Man, I had, like, a plan. I wanted to, like, really get up. And I did. I got up, like, pretty early initially. And then I it just fucking fell apart. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, rest for a bit. And then it fell apart. And that's okay. Um, I'm trying not to put so much pressure on myself to uh, you know, do things at a certain time when I have my day off, because that really gives me anxiety. Um, but you know, I kind of always want to do the most, always want to make the most of my day. Um, always want to do everything all at the same time, perfectly masterfully, um, and all of that. And I think that that brings me to kind of the topic that I want to talk today, talk about today, which is, women and the oh my god I didn't run over that squirrel Jesus no okay I want to talk about women and the unrealistic expectations that we set on ourselves as well as the unrealistic expectations um, the harmful the toxic and um, sometimes dangerous and fatal expectations society puts on us we have a huge responsibility to oops to further the human race. Um, And for some reason that is taken out of context, in my opinion and in my experience. And we are somehow, for centuries, have been second-class citizens, have not been the go-to for changing the world even though we are single-handedly expanding it not only just by being able to procreate uh, sorry not procreate give birth and you know produce children but energetically spiritually mentally emotionally all of those things and um, you know women have come a really long way we've really carved out a space for ourselves ourselves, but I think a lot of our pressures to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain way um, have really, it, it has done some irreversible damage to our psyches. We have been taught so much since we were little girls, since we were little kids, in terms of how we can speak, especially in the South Asian community, especially in, in you know, immigrant families and people of color families, our expectations are even more tenfold. We're taught that we're never truly supposed to think of our, our home that we're born in as our home. We're not allowed to put down roots because we're um, going to be given away to somebody else's family and to somebody else. Eventually. So we're not taught about permanency. We're not taught about stability. Yet we're supposed to make a stable home out of thin air. We're supposed to hold down our partner and their family in a way that grounds everybody. We're supposed to bring everybody together and do our duty. But we're not taught how to create a foundation. We're always taught that this is not your home. This is not the place of safety and security forever. This is just a holding cell for you. A lot of my friends were grew up with strict parents and strict households and were not allowed to do anything. They were seen as animals in cages. They were seen as a burden. They were seen as things to protect, but not to further along. And then I grew up with friends or I saw girls and and I was kind of grown up in the same way for a short period of time where, you know, we were really empowered to be ourselves and to do things that um, gave us freedom. And we weren't taught that we were just somebody else's um, property. I never grew up wanting to get married. I never grew up thinking that marriage was something that I needed to do to feel like a woman, to finally complete my final form as a feminine energy on this earth. No, I never grew up like that. I was always taught to be financially independent, even though I really wasn't taught how. I was taught that I should be, but I didn't know how, and I still to this day struggle with finances. Um, I was told that I should have a good career, but how to choose that career or what that career really means I was not taught. And I'm not blaming my parents or my rate or the way that I was raised. I was I'm just kind of stating how it is. So as I grew up, I was uh I had these things in my brain, but then I the environmental piece started kicking in, then the nature piece started kicking in. So we talk about nature versus nurture, right? the um, the environment, the external world started to kick in and I started to really morph into something that I couldn't really put my finger on or recognize or be even proud of, I started to become a workaholic, I started to fall into a lot of body dysmorphia, I started to think that marriage and having a partner in relationship and romantic relationship meant that I was finally complete. I was taught to believe that I was not whole coming into this world and that I needed pieces of other people to define my wholeness. I needed other people and my relationships with other people truly and solely defined who I am. I was not separate from other people. I could not exist separate from other people. I was solely judged and based on how many relationships I've had. And I'm not talking just romantic. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about teachers, coworkers, bosses. How did I balance all of those plates in the air, doing it perfectly, flawlessly and happily and still expected to be grounded and and have a foundation you can't I'm here to tell you you cannot build a foundation off of other people other people are unstable and if your foundation consists of other people's opinions and judgments and relationships with you you will also be unstable I talked about boundaries in the last podcast episode We were never taught to make boundaries. We were always taught to sacrifice ourselves for the good of people around us, for the good of other people's happiness, for the good of other people's success and dreams, for the good and the potential of the men around us because they worked so hard to keep us safe and secure, which they didn't, that the the natural thing was for us to fall on their sword while in battle. Even though we have no idea what they were going to battle for, we have no armor, we have no actual protection of our own, we were just dependent on those that told us they would keep us safe. We were at the mercy of their word. And men aren't built to keep their word. They're built to not last. That's what she said. So how can I put my life in the hands of somebody that has no idea how to fight for me, that was never taught to fight for me, that was always given everything that they could ever want and need, and the privilege is so, so real. And then turn around and be okay when I fall on the sword for them because they can they can move on they can be who they want to be and i am disposable you know just another woman's body just left in the dust it's okay you can move on but what if i want to fight for myself what if i want to armor up what if i want to have boundaries what if i have things to say about how you violate every single thing that I have built what if you're not strong enough to stand on my foundation then what that doesn't sound right that sounds like a bitch talking that sounds like a spinster talking that sounds like a bitch that's always going to stay alone talking that sounds like a crazy cat lady that sounds like a b c d however you want to label her that sounds like somebody who talks a little bit too much that talks a little bit too loudly that sounds like somebody that is just needs some good dick that sounds like somebody who hasn't found the one yet. That sounds like somebody that uh, doesn't know what they want. You can't see my face, but I was just like, what? <laughs> so these are the types of expectations that were put on, you know, me and girls like me. Um, these were the type of, you know, sort of fucked up values and and, and weird weird morals and weird senses of right and wrong sex was a big thing and also nothing at all we were taught to never get pregnant we were taught to never get pregnant before you got married and we were not allowed to date we were not allowed to um, show interest in men and actually own our sexuality I never owned my sexuality until very recently and um, I still get a shift for it I do not want to be in a relationship. I do not want to have somebody in my life. I do not want a partner. I do not want to get married. When a man hears that, especially in the South Asian community, he deems her as a slut. He deems her as somebody that is impure and ready for anything and will take everything and anything that they give her. It's disgusting. We are in 2020 and men still think like this. Men still don't understand sex except that they are groomed for it and women are taught to hate it and repress it and not like it and not enjoy it and not want it. You'll get the odd unicorn man that will, you know, understand his sexuality really well and really accept and understand a woman's sexuality really well. That is an older man. That is a man that was taught uh, through experience because he was not probably taught by his parents because parents don't know how to have that conversation especially in our community he was taught over experience and if he decided to do self-development and go through therapy and um, really understand the type of man that he wants to be and that takes work and development and time and energy and space and patience then yeah you'll get that guy but he's the he's the exception not the rule the rule is these undeveloped fetuses running around throwing their dick around and not really understanding sex to ha- not understanding how to have it not understanding what to do with it what it is what it isn't um and just kind of spreading their seed which is disgusting to think about And not really understanding um, that it is more than just sex. That sex is more than just sex. So women have the responsibility, another responsibility, to endure that. To either accept it and love it or help that man develop further. If you take option B, you are setting yourself up for failure. Option A is pretty bad too. But option B, if you try to help a man get to his um, sexual maturity, you are sacrificing your own body. You are sacrificing your own mental health and your emotional well being and your spiritual power to help a man come into his own. And if you're looking for commitment, good luck. Commitment does not, is not, um, guaranteed in these types of situations. So your, your, um, ability to help a man sexually develop and be a man is not rewarded the way that you probably want. So now what? I've laid out all of these true, very true facts Men are taught to, are, men are known to not develop as quickly as women in terms of emotional maturity, yet they run the world. Yet they're looked look to for leadership and intelligence, and women are just discarded as being emotional. I work in an environment where most men in that environment are not able to handle leadership roles, yet they're given leadership roles. I have no idea why. They might be talented. They might sell things well, but they don't have the emotional maturity and the power and the command to manage people. No, they just know how to conquer things. That's it. And when it comes to the well-being of their teams they have to be taught that. Well I w- I've always been under the impression that leadership positions uh, only require leaders not people with leadership potential. If you look at a job description of a leader it requires a billion things and most of those things can be taught but those are the requirements from the job. So if you're hiring men that don't have those requirements, then why are you hiring them? I'll leave that to you. That's debatable. So women mature faster than men, but yet we're not looked to as intelligent leaders or um, capable even to lead. Okay. Um, So after, after saying all of that, what do we do here? How, how, do we, how do we get around this? As a woman, as somebody that identifies as a woman, um, as, an, as a feminine energy, how, how do I navigate through this world that I'm in right now, especially within South Asian community, especially within the Indian community, especially within the Punjabi community? How do I navigate? Well, I've taken it upon myself to, first of all, not give a fuck. About expectations, to be okay as the bad guy, because I am. If I speak up within family or whatever it is, I am automatically labeled as the bad guy. Always. Men in my family have spoken up for years about the wrong thing, have gone to bat for no one, and they just get, you know, forgiven over and over again. I do the same thing better, warranted, for the good of people, and I get uh, chastised as a bad person, as a dumb bitch, as somebody that can't get along with other people, that can't play nice in the sandbox. Okay, cool. I'll take it. I don't give a fuck, to be honest. And that's my resilience. That's my strength. That's my foundation kicking in because I have built a solid foundation. And what does that solid foundation consist of? Uh, A lot of pain, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment, a lot of letting myself down, a lot of patience, a lot of kindness towards myself because I did not receive that from anyone, a lot of acceptance and love from myself because I do not receive that unconditionally from anybody else, nor do I want it. So having a solid foundation as a South Asian Indian Punjabi woman is really rare to have my foundation be built on um, myself and who I am instead of the relationships that I can keep or not keep is really fucking rare. It actually doesn't exist. I don't know any woman that is strong on her own, that doesn't crack, that doesn't need. And when I say strong, I don't mean like doesn't cry and, you know, is mimics a... Uh, a man's sort of personality, stereotypical man. No, when I say strong, I mean somebody that doesn't really give a fuck. Somebody that doesn't try so hard to appease people and to mend and sew together relationships that don't make sense for her. I'm talking about those women. I don't know a lot of those women. I know strong women, but I don't know a lot of women that are willing to just kind of cut ties without being called selfish or ungrateful or, um, weak or, a, a, you know, a trouble or somebody that's going to cause, um, problems. I don't know any woman that's women that's willing to take those titles, but still feel really, really powerful and, um, chooses self-expression and, uh, self-will over belonging we all want to belong somewhere and I I I was really a victim to wanting to belong I made some desperate decisions I let people into my life that I didn't need to and at the end of the day I was the one that suffered so I took it upon myself to choose self-expression self over belonging to people that don't give a fuck about me that never protected me that never made me feel safe, that never made me feel secure, that barely even cared about my well-being, that probably don't even know my birth date, um, and I, I chose myself over those people, and I will never ever look back, and as a woman that struggles with self-identity and self-confidence and... Um, owning everything that I have inside of me and using those things instead of depending on other people as that type of woman that is trying to reform, um, it's really fucking hard. The pain is real. You're not going to get people that actually care about you. You're actually going to detract a lot of people, especially men. They don't kind of want to be there for that. You know, they want somebody that's, especially in the Indian community, that's a little bit, you know, softer. That's a little bit, uh, a lot of it, willing to bend over backwards for him. That's willing to take it, take it for the team every time. And that is... Um, That is something that I'm not willing to do, and that's why I chose being single over pursuing relationships, because I know that um, I am better off single anyway. And I'll talk about that. Give me a sec, I'm gonna fucking order some Starbucks. I'll be back. Okay, yes. Um, Hi, I'm back. I am currently, fantasizing, obsessing, romanticizing, have a having a love affair with this coffee right now and it's fucking delicious. It literally smells like an apple pie and I love it. And it's like dairy-free, which is fucking amazing. Anyways, so I was talking about um how to kind of navigate through a world that's supposed to like knock you down. Me and my friends were talking about um body standards as well for women and how we're supposed to be super skinny, but have a fat ass and tits and, and have these insane measurements and, and no body hair and no signs of body hair and completely clear and flawless and smooth skin. And um, we're not supposed to be you know, pigmented or uneven in skin tone and stuff like that. And it's just like no stretch marks, no signs of um, being human. And we're supposed to be this like fucking robot perfect everything. And, and plastic surgery really loves loves that, right? Like social media and plastic surgery, they're like the best of friends because you have social media that replicates these unrealistic body standards that women are supposed to look like. And then um, all of those photos are photoshopped and doctored and and changed and not real. And then you have girls that run to plastic surgeons because they wanna look like that for what? For self-confidence, for self-image, um, to get followers, to impress men, to impress women, whatever it is. And you have these shells of people running to doctors hoping that they can fix what is broken. But you, know, you can't fix what you don't um, acknowledge. And what the real problem is that you have broken women trying to be good enough to exist. Trying to be something to justify why they're here. And it's disgusting. The pressure is insurmountable. I have people in my real life that um make it their mission whenever they take pictures or whatever it is to put the first filter on it to do the photoshop to do the face tune to do the whatever you have a world full of fucking Kardashians running around people looking the exact same way the exact same color the exact same skin tone same skin tone body hair makeup everything and then you have you know people are like let women do what they want to do but Why are they doing it? What are they doing it for? Who are they doing it for? All of these things matter. You know, women can do whatever they want with their bodies. This is the narrative that we have. But they're not doing whatever they want. They're actually doing specific things. All of them are doing specific things to their bodies that are all the same. And that is trying to look like something that doesn't exist, trying to be something that will justify their existence trying to be enough but it's never enough once you go down that route of constantly trying to be enough it is never going to be enough you're never going to be perfectly what they need you to be when i say they i mean media i mean other people i mean family i mean your boyfriend that that grabs your love handles i mean that guy that you're trying to impress that only dates skinny girls and you go on cleanses and pass out that guy that loves curvy butts and and tells you that probably it's he only dates girls with fat asses and so you fucking you know what i mean it's just like these fucking rappers that have these bodies that don't make sense that are plastic surgerized, that are not real. These girls come into this industry, as soon as they come into this industry, as soon as somebody pays attention to them, usually a man, they are uh, ushered off into a waiting room. They're ushered off into a doctor's office. And their self-worth Is nipped and tucked into them and out of them based on what other people think is worthy so you tell me you tell me what what the cost of that is trauma never feeling enough addiction to plastic surgery and social media hatred resentment all of these things and so much more and and then they're procreating and passing this shit down to other generations to generations that don't know any better to blank slates and they're painting a picture of success and love and acceptance while all the while not feeling it within themselves and that's what we gotta work with. So like I, like I, like my question was, how do we navigate through this, right? How do we navigate through this swampland of trying to be enough as a woman? Well, in my opinion and what's worked for me, stop. Stop trying to be anything. Stop trying to chase that guy that doesn't like you. Stop trying to get him to text you back. Stop trying to get that body. Stop trying to um, hate yourself into that summer body. Stop trying to eat and calorie count or not eat and calorie count your way to worthiness. Stop trying to understand why other people don't like you and then try to be a person that is well liked. Stop trying to do all of that. That is easier said than done. It's taken me 35 years to fucking do it, but I've done it. Mm. Has some good coffee, but I've done it, and it's a struggle every day because it's not something that's uh, it's not something that's ingrained in me to want to not give a fuck. Usually, I give too many fucks, and I'm left on the side of the road, alone, lonely, begging for air and water from people that I hope stop. give that to me well all the while my legs work my heart works my soul works my brain works I can do that for myself so once you stop counting on other people for validation for appreciation for love and what however that means going on a social media detox cutting off people in your life stop trying to impress family stop making people the center of your existence however that looks to you After you've done that, after you've cleansed, then what? Try to fill up your life with people, places, and things that make you want to get up every day before your alarm goes off. So whether that's, you know, making coffee for yourself, whether that's painting, whether that's drawing, whether that's fucking, whether that's um, going to a job that you love, whether that's um, really... Uh, helping helping your grandmother use your iPad, whether that's um, doing a 20-step skin routine, whether that's staying in bed, whether that's acknowledging your anxiety and depression and mental illness and getting a therapist, getting help, whether that's taking your medication, whether that's walking your dog, whatever that is. Do those things. Whether that's Being completely silent and waking up without anybody around and being able to hear your own thoughts, whether that's completely allowing yourself to indulge in who you are and what you want to be, whether that's dreaming about who you are and what you want to be, whatever it is, do that. Do that every day. Do that as much as you can. Do that as much as your life permits and allows and never stop doing it and make it number one. Make it the first thing you do. Make it the only thing that you do. If that is the only thing that you are able to do is get up in the morning and make coffee, do that every single fucking day regardless regardless if you have other commitments, regardless of if you have to go do something for somebody that day, regardless if you have to go help somebody move, go throw a bridal shower, whatever it is. If there is something that you do for yourself that allows you a little bit of power and you you know inside that that is a building block for your foundation, do not ever sacrifice that shit for anybody or anything do it religiously do it as if your life depends on it because it fucking does and then do more as when you master that one thing you're going to start to get addicted because having that one thing that you do habitually every single day for yourself your body your mind your soul your heart your consciousness is going to start to change you will be the first thing on your mind. No more emotional hangovers. No more worrying about other people that don't give a fuck about you. No more hoping that you get that text back. No more hoping that your mom finally f- approves of your boyfriend. No more hoping that your dad um,
1: finally understands
0: how smart you are um, and approves of the direction that you put your went your life in. No more hoping that that distant relative fucking stops asking when you're going to get married no more of that because you put yourself first in every single situation that matters and everybody else can suck a dick that's where you're going to be at if you're consistent with putting yourself first I am guilty of not putting myself first consistently but I've never been so consistent before in my life And I have some things to tweak and I have some things to really look after in terms of myself, but everything else, when I do those things consistently, which I have been for the most part, everything else just follows suit. Everything in my life seems to just kind of fall into place. If, if that first thing that you do is a gratitude journal, or a journal, or writing stuff down for yourself, or uh, making lists of what you are good at and what really fuels your fire, do those things. That's kind of what I do every day. Um, one of the things that I do for myself every day is a gratitude journal, is a gratitude list. I haven't done it consistently every single day. There's been times where I've missed like three, four days. And I feel it and I know it. I feel tired. I feel um, tired quicker. I feel drained quicker. Um, I'm more flimsy and negotiate and I negotiate my boundaries a lot more when I don't do my gratitude stuff. Um, It sounds really cheesy and it sounds really cliche or whatever, however you want to say it, but it works for me. And um, I have like a little document in my computer and it works for me and I really um, get a lot of joy and happiness from it. I understand its power. I understand what happens to my perspective when I when I do my little list of things that what I'm thankful for every single day. Um, so I have this little thing every time it turns 1111 11 or 1010 10 or all the digits on the time are the same. I always used to wish for a soulmate. And now I just say, thank you. And I know it's stupid. It's stupid to begin with, but it's not. It's my thing. And I just say, thank you now. I, th- I say, thank you for looking after me, the universe, dad, whoever's looking down on me. I say, thank you for everything that you've taught me, everything that I've lived up until this point. Thank you for everything that I will do after this point and I kind of let it go and it feels crazy as in amazing. It feels, I feel light, I feel happier. I'm able to sleep better now that I put myself first. My mom always used to say selfish people live longer. It's true. And when she says the word selfish, she's always like, there's when moms or like Indian people or grownups or whatever, Indian grownups, adults, whatever, we're adults too, but they'll always, we will always be kids and they will always be adults. Um, when they say selfish, they, they, they have such a negative spin on it because they're not used to putting themselves first. They are not even used to thinking about themselves. They worry about their families and then they worry about their husband and their families and then they worry about their kids and then they fucking die. And that's their lives. They're not used to like asking themselves, okay, what do I want in this situation? Am I happy in this situation? Does this work for me in my situation? They don't ask those questions. And so when they see somebody that does, they call them selfish in in a negative way and, and my mom always said to me, the selfish people live longer. Well, why? Why do they live longer? Because they worry about self-preservation. They worry about what, how the impact is going to be on themselves. And obviously there's a point where it does get to be negative. If you're thinking about yourself all the time in a self-indulgent, sort of toxic way, that can also be bad. But very rarely is it bad when women do it. Uh, that's, that's wrong too. I, I, have yet to see a person be so selfish that they, um, that they ruin their lives. Uh, actually that's, that's a lie. I've seen people. So I guess there's a balance that you need to strike a dance that you got to do that you need to master that allows space for you first. And then everybody else as well. You can't teach somebody how to fish if you're starving. You can't teach somebody um, how to be in love if, if you don't know how to receive it. You can't teach somebody how to be strong if you're constantly compromising who you are. You can't do it, and I'm learning that now. And my thing was always, hey, I have to kind of worry about other people and be around other people to feel like something. To feel like I deserve to exist in this world. I have to cater to people. I have to constantly ask them how they are and what I can do for them and all that stuff. To feel like I am worthy of an existence on this earth. I legit feel like that. I've talked to my therapist about this. Like it's been that type of situation. But now I've stopped justifying my existence and I can just be because I deserve to be here. I'm here because I deserve it. And that's all I need to know everything else is just cake. Uh, it's a, it's been a long one today. Um, I'm really glad that I got to speak on this. I love you guys so much. Peace.